This episode of the Tokunet podcast is sponsored by Tokulectables, CS Toys Japan, and the webcomic Red Belt. If you would like to hear your name or business at the beginning of the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I am your host, Yasin, and I am joined by George. Yo. Tony. Hey, hey. And Max. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good, thank you. Tired. It's cold. It's very cold. Is it cold over there? Yeah. Oh, it's so cold. Half half of Japan is currently buried in a very heavy amount of snow, and the parts that aren't are just getting the cold without any, any of the snow. Really? On the bright side, this year's Sentai episode was uh, focused around a rap battle, and that's another sentence brought to you by 2020. Wait, seriously? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, this week was the Christmas episode? <laughs> no, George. George, what you said, took a sip of coffee right as you said that. Like, <laughs> I nearly spit that out. <laughs> oh, man. Now I need to watch this episode. Oh, man. Yeah. Next Saturday is the 26th, so that would be after Christmas. Oh. Makes sense. Oh, okay. I see. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, so today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, being a foreign fan in Japan. And that is why we have you here, because I obviously am not in Japan <laughs> at all. But so you three have moved to Japan um, over the last several years. Um, so we're going to talk about, you know, your experiences of being in Japan, being a Tokusatsu fan in Japan and, you know, sort of the differences between that and, you know, where you're from. Uh, so I guess to first off, to start off, uh, let's sort of talk about how you guys got into Tokusatsu. Uh George, you want to start? I'm sure you've told this story before, but go for it, dude. Yeah, so I got into Tokusatsu through technically Hurricane Jer. Um When I was younger, I was really into anime, and I would like just troll the internet for information on anime coming out from Japan. And I once found this website that listed like TV schedules in Japan, and I saw a picture of what looked like these three Power Rangers, but I'm like, that that's not the Power Rangers, though. Um, but by this point, I had heard rumors that Power Rangers was from Japan. Rumors. Um, <laughs> um, I was a dumb kid. Um, and I was like, okay, if these are the, the guys that show up next year, that like, that totally means Power Rangers is from Japan. I mean, I could have just Google, not Google. I could have searched that information at the time, but you know, whatever. Let's just wait one year. Um, and yeah, like those became Hurricane Jr. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. So I'm going to try to find out more about it. And then maybe like one and a half years later, I finally had high speed internet. So I was able to download my first episode of Sentai, which was an episode of Decker Ranger that I could not watch because I did not know what codecs were. Um, <laughs> that was fun. So finally, after I figured out what that was uh, three months later, um, I was able to start watching Sentai with uh, Maji Ranger and Ryder with uh, Hibiki. And I just kind of went downhill from there. I watched everything I could get my hands on, even if it was not subtitled. 
Um, yeah, like when I was younger, I, you know, I loved looking up information on stuff that, you know, hadn't happened yet. So once I looked up, oh, what's going to be next year's Power Rangers? And it was like, oh, next year's Power Rangers are going to be like a, a family of rescue workers. And like, that's stupid. <laughs> and it didn't happen. So I'm like, yeah, that, that was fake. Someone was making that up. And turns out that was GoGo5. Mm. Uh, that's basically how I got into Tokusatsu. Um, I never really like got out of Power Rangers, maybe for like a year or two. But it was like when people say they, they got out of something, I think they mean for like a really long extended period of time. Yeah, I only got out of Power Rangers because, you know, family issues and stuff meant that I didn't have a TV for a while. So it just, I couldn't watch. Mm. Um but yeah, the moment I got a TV back, the moment I got internet, I was like still hungry for that sort of stuff. So once I discovered this massive world of shows that had like three decades of history to it, I just dived in. <laughs> I downloaded whatever I could. Um, like I'll always remember the first time I saw the first episode of the original writer series was this tiny like 98 pixel by 98 pixel like real media format file. It was super pixelated. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. It's a shame I'll probably never get to watch this in a higher quality. <laughs> but yeah, to me, I was watching, to me, that was like watching a piece of lost media or something. And like, that that's the, the best it was ever going to be. Yeah, it was like archival footage kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's basically how I got into Tokusatsu. Man, you took me back when you said Codex. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that um, <laughs> hasn't been an issue for people for a while. I know. Like you gotta get the D-Rex thing and oh god <laughs> oh. Uh, Max how did, how did you get into Tokusatsu uh, so like uh, most people in the in the group I was well I watched like Power Rangers and all that when I was younger but I was but that was at the age where like I didn't know Japan was a country let alone that this concept <laughs> yeah. of like yeah. Japanese culture and anime and all that existed mm-hmm. and as I got older I started watching more anime and then I started watching more anime in Japanese because I wanted to, like, see the latest episodes when, like, Naruto on TV, like, ran into those gridlocks and didn't have anything to show. Um, and then uh, after that, when I got into university, there was an anime group that I was a part of. And one night, one of the guys um, introduced us to Kamen Rider O's. And I, and I was watching that and I was just like, hey... This looks like that thing. What was it, Masked Rider or something? Um, because that was Saban's Masked Rider, which was which was based on Black RX. And I spoke to the guy afterwards, just like, yeah, yeah, this is like that was based on this show, and there was all and there's all this culture. Why don't you go and when and like hear a couple of good shows? Why don't you go and look at those? And I did, and I was instantly hooked. And I think in about a month, I binge watched uh, Gokaija, Deca- Decade, and about five or six Sentai and Kamen Rider shows respectively. And I was just instantly drawn in. Man. Yeah, that, that initial rush of just like discovering something and then just wanting to consume all of it at once is like, you don't get that. You don't get that very often in life. I feel like. So at, at that point, was there anything that made you think like, did you run into like a, a show that you weren't like a huge, huge fan of? And you thought, well, maybe it's just like this one or two shows that I like. Oh, that's tricky. I was definitely like, um, like I definitely really loved O's, and I can easily say that's my first 
Carmen Rider show. Like that, that was what got me. The that was what hooked me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say for like for the other shows, like because I could just binge watch them all because most of them were finished and they were older shows. It was very easy to like pick out ones that I really wanted to watch and ones that I wasn't particularly a fan of, like. Um, uh, like Shinkenja, really love that, and Geki Ranger, I love those. Um, Fies, I also really enjoyed, as did uh, uh, and Forza, because this was this was after Oz had finished and while Forza was airing, so I was able to watch catch up on Forza, and I love that. I didn't hear Ryuki, so. <laughs> okay, it took me it took me a while to get round to Ryuki because the only like. Because I watched Decade and Gokaija first, I was like, okay, this is giving me a hint to what some of these other shows are about. So I'll go away and so I'll pick. So this one looks good. This one looks good. I'll go away and watch that. Mm. And obviously, the Decade interpretation of Ryuki was not as good mm. as the show. Yeah. What you you didn't like like lawyer battles? <laughs> it's, it's as close as we're ever gonna get to Phoenix Wright Tokusatsu. <laughs> Don't you understand the hinted meaning? No, I don't know. That's, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> the symbolism. Uh... Oh man, uh, Tony, what about you? How'd you get into Tokusatsu? Yeah, so um, I was born. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Good story. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, wrap it uh, up. We're not going to beat that. Cool. Yeah, Next question. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, for those listening for the first time about my background, um, I'm half Thai, so I was born in Thailand, actually. So, <clears throat> And uh, to be honest, who knows what my first tokusatsu show was, because they could have just put something on whenever. But um, I guess my, my, my most earliest memory of watching toku was um, my grandma had bought me um, a Die Ranger VG- VHS, actually, you know, VHS. <laughs> um, so <laughs> on the cover of it, were like, you know, the Die Rangers, you know, Ryu Ranger, Kyuna Ranger, Shishi Ranger, Tema, and Ho Ho Ranger. And so I remember like, oh, this looks neat. And so I put it in. And the first episode I ended up watching was the de- debut of Kujaku, if you all remember her, the peacock lady. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was her de- it was her debut episode, and I'm watching it, and so you know she's talking with Daigo, and I'm thinking, oh wow, I, I like this kind of show. It's like, oh, this guy must be the Red Ranger, <laughs> just like on the cover, <laughs> and then, and then you know this is the part. Then it gets to the part where Kujaku is just throwing her feathers at people's stomachs, and you know, <laughs> oh, and, yeah, and, and then he you know then he transforms into the Green Ranger, and the amount of disappointment that I felt at the time. <laughs> uh but uh yeah so but then you know i you know i watched like the other episodes and then uh yeah that was basically my first time watching stuff i mean i feel like i definitely watched like the original writer shows like i definitely watched a lot of the original like a lot of people a lot of the fan fan base likes you know uh the writer ichigo right but to me was watching in Thailand because I would vacation to Thailand a lot during the summer. Um, Nigo is my guy because that's the that's the guy I watch. So whenever there are episodes showing Ichigo, I'm just like, wait, who's this guy? I don't know who this is. Actually, the guy. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really interesting. Like, I wonder how many people have had that kind of story where they were introduced with uh, the second writer instead of Hongo. Yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, fans maybe in Southeast Asia, 
probably. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm, just making, I'm just assuming because Thailand being in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Because that's who I grew up with. Basically, Nigo for me. I know there's Ichigo, but I don't know. I just saw a lot of episodes with Nigo, so. You had a big chunk of episodes by himself, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Like yeah, 39. Yeah. How many? 39. Wow. I know that number off the top of my head. That's a good stat. I don't know why you know that. You get that little what up, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Are you just out to take his place? But like, I didn't know the thing. Do you have to fight in a quarry or something? Probably. Someone's got it. Someone's got it. Like, this guy's been on the throne for too long. <laughs> well, no, he hadn't. That was the, that was the whole point. Was that like um, the uh, Fujioka Hiroshi? Like he broke his leg mm-hmm. like midway through the series, and so that's why he had to. They had to have that second rider and have a big chunk without him in it. Yeah, because he needed to because re- he needed to heal. Right, right. Were they intending for him to eventually come back, or were they preparing just in case he didn't come back? No, no, like it was just There's a broken a, leg. A really um, famous story, like that, uh, he like kind of fell into a bit of depression, and Fujioka, uh, no, not Fujioka, um, oh god, Rider Two's actor, and uh, Ishinomori visited him in the hospital, and like Rider Two's actor was like, "So I'm not taking your place. I'm just keeping the show warm until you can come back." Man, so like they never intended for like him to be replaced. Right, right. That's so cool. Um, okay, so let's uh, talk about uh, moving to Japan. Uh, can you guys tell us, like, what made you want to move to Japan? And sort of, like, what was the process of moving from the country you used to live in to Japan? Whoever wants to go first. Okay, I'll go, I'll go first then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, as I got more and more into anime and into Japanese culture, I, like, I started learning more about Japan. and was like, wow, this is a really cool place. I want to go and visit. Um, my dad, my dad sometimes would take me out here, um, and because I was learning Japanese at university, and during the summer holidays, like when my dad had to come out here for work, he would take me out here and let me basically ro- roam around the city on my own while he was at work, um, and that was a lot of fun. That was like really drew me into it, and um, and then towards the end of university, I was like, you know, I'd really like to be able to spend a more solid amount of time in Japan. Like maybe I could take a gap year. And so I was looking into ways to do that. And there wasn't, I, I couldn't do a year studying abroad on my, on the course I was learning. And I tried, thought about gap years, but I couldn't find any like solid leads to get a gap year. Right. Um, so there, so there's that background going on. So while all this was happening, for those who don't know me, I am a filmmaker, or I, I like making films as a hobby. Um, and while, uh, while at university, I was in all these clubs and doing all these activities, and so I would record myself doing all these activities because I want to say for learning purposes, to like look back and see how I could improve, but really I think it was just narcissism. Um, then I, so I was learning all this stuff, I had all this footage and I was just like, I'm going to put this together into a video about how awesome I am and put it on YouTube for the lols. And it actually got like 15,000 views overnight. And I was like, wow, how did that happen? Um, 
And so I was watching this and my dad was just like, this is really cool, son. I'm going to show this to all of my friends. And he showed it to all his friends. And one of his friends in Japan was just like, this is really cool. I'm going to show this to all of my friends. And he showed it around. And one of those friends was like, this guy's pretty interesting. Can we get a CV from him? And I wrote up an actual CV and went out and had an interview with this company. And that ended up being my first job after university. And my first job ever was um, was here in Japan working at a recruitment company and that was basically that was basically how i got started out here wow so straight in from man that's really cool yeah yeah that is that is rare I feel like. yeah it was yeah i think i think it, i'm definitely one of the rarer cases because a lot of people come out here to do like english teaching or work at schools and whatever yeah um i'm definitely one of the rarer cases i think because i've ba- i basically jumped in the deep end like I was the first and only only foreigner at the company I was working at at the time, and I was the I was the youngest in like every age group I was in because I was only twenty one at the time, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and yeah, I was like properly diving right in. Uh, do you mind saying how how long you've been in Japan? Uh, this is my eighth year since September. Whoa. I know that doesn't compare to some people in the chat, but I like to think that's quite an achievement. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, no, that's like... <laughs> okay. We all love each other really on this podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tony, what about you? Like what made you want to move to Japan and how did you go about doing that? Yeah. Okay. Um, which part? Recent one? Recently? Okay. Yeah. Recent. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this time around, uh, first time working, obviously, in a job. So, I, yeah, I, I'm doing the typical, stereotypical English teaching at schools. So, it was really, I had to uh, get a company to hire me and they just dispatch me and stuff. And so, it was like, how, how long was that? It was like a whole year process, really. Sometimes you could do it like mm-hmm. a month before, but that's just like if if the company wants to bring you over in a month, it, then that's usually never a good sign. But because um, mm. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it needs to take a while. But um, yeah, what made you move to want to move to Japan? Well, I grew up here. So yeah, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true. granted, it was on a mili- on American military base, but you know, um, right, you know, I also wasn't always on the military base. I left the military base like every single day. So it also helped that we also had Japanese channels on mm, yeah. in, in our townhouses. Yeah, and so I was just like watching everything. Yeah, I just remember like waking up one day Sunday morning, flipping through channels. There's Kuka, and I'm like, oh, what's this? That looks neat. Oh, it's a lot of blood. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just because of my childhood and just how Japan has meant to my family a lot. So I just I, I just knew that I wanted to come back, work, you know, and uh, here I am. I mean, more so than tokusatsu and, and everything, I just wanted to come back home. So um, and right, here right. I am. So I've been here this time around. This is my fourth time living here. People are listening, like what four times? I'm like, yeah, it, it's a thing. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, I've been here for almost three years now. This time around, so you know, 
And I think officially, because I'm, I'm trying to add the math. One, six, one. Wait, is that eight? Hold up. And then three. <laughs> <laughs> for those, so, for those think... listening to the podcast, it's early morning, and some of us aren't good at maths in the morning. Yeah. Fun... He's not a math teacher. I am not a math teacher. Fun fact, I did teach math to kindergartners when I was in my early career of teaching. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just kind of like, I almost didn't graduate high school because of math. So it's just kind of like, no, I'm teaching you all. Okay. <laughs> it's like, uh, who was teaching much... whom? <laughs> exactly. Actually, there was one point I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? It was only one time. I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. So... <laughs> And the kids look at uh, you like, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. And elementary school too. So I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. This is just not whew, some stuff, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's basically, that's, that's what, that's my story. It's just, uh, I'm like, I'm also not a ster- like, it's weird because I, I went towards like the same like employment path as most, uh, immigrants who like move here. Right. Um, and uh but like the reasoning is just slightly different than everybody else's yeah yeah what about you george um man i don't know Good talk. to be honest i really don't know like so when i was younger i had the dream of moving to japan just because i really liked anime but as you grow older you think like that's probably not realistic mm-hmm. um but like i said like i've always had an interest in the media and a bit of the culture here but also, as I grew older, I like I kind of never really figured out what I wanted to like realistically do as a career in life. Mm-hmm. Like people are always like, "Yeah, you'll figure it out in high school. You'll figure it out in college. Like you'll you'll have that moment, that spark of inspiration." And I'm like, "Yeah, that that never happened for me." Um, and also, like, so I didn't finish high school and I didn't start college until my mid twenties. Um, so I graduated college when I was, um, 20, almost 28 years old. Um, and at that point I was just like, well, I finished really, really late and I'm probably not going to be able to get into Japan, but like, let me just give it a shot because I still don't know what the heck I want to do with my life. Um, cause most of these companies that take, you know, fresh, like most of the companies that hire English teachers, they take fresh graduates, um, because they're a lot easier to manipulate. Um, and yeah, so like I just applied, I got in, like Tony said, it was, it was pretty much a year long process, um, which is good because for some of the things you do need some time to like track down that paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if the company you're sending it to loses it, um, uh, mm. diploma. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. To be honest, I, I came here, I, ha- I already had a solid group of friends here. So I came here, I had a whole, whole mess of anxiety issues when I first got here and I was I still honestly I don't know what's keeping me in Japan to be honest I'm kind of just drifting around um I never so when I was younger I wanted to be a writer but like I kind of got the idea beating beat into me that like yeah it's probably not realistic maybe do that as a hobby and like try to find another realistic path and that just never happened so I'm here almost 32 years old no clue what I want to do with my life, and I'm kind of just like, sup? Uh, that's what led me to Japan. Uh, I don't have, like, any, like, I don't have a cool story like Max, where, like, I got, my talent was discovered at a young age, or I don't have, like, the anchor that Tony does of, you know, having spent so much time here previously. I'm kind of just like, hi, I'm here. I mean, I feel, cool. like, I feel like that's a lot of people, though. 
like whether it's in Japan or other countries where people are like, I don't really know what to do. I'm going to go around the world until I figure it out kind of thing. Yeah, that's, a very, yeah. that's pretty common. I get that. Um, for me, it's just been a thing of like, I'm still have I'm like, I'm not a young dude anymore and I still haven't figured out what I want to do. So, but I'm, I'm comfortable where I am right now. I like my job. Um, I get to interact with some really cool people. I do what I think is fairly meaningful work. Mm. It's probably not something you can turn into a career, but I'm here and yeah, that's, that's, I get to enjoy tokusatsu and stuff on the side and it's a fairly meaningful thing to me. So I guess that's all that matters. Yeah. As long as it, as long as the place, you know, brings you some sort of happiness and some sort of comfort. Yeah. What's wrong with that? So, yeah, that's, that's, that's my deal. Cool. I mean, uh, since you mentioned tokusatsu, um, so what are some of the, like, event, tokusatsu events that you've experienced while you were there? And, like, have you any, have any like, favorite sort of moments or experiences with tokusatsu events there? So the events that I've gone to have been... Last year, there was an event called, like, the Henshin, where they showed off a bunch of like concept ideas for like what could be future rider belts. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've seen like the videos of like this dude in a really snazzy white suit standing in front <laughs> of like a like a projection belt and stuff. Yeah. Basically look like a real life thouser. Yeah, oh, basically wow. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Holy crap. Um, yeah, it's exactly what it is. And yeah, like when you get there, it's this big event. They're showing off a bunch of upcoming like CSM stuff. Like all the ones they had done, all the ones that were up and coming. Yeah, like, and they showed off a, uh, oh, it's just a, a fun idea, uh, CSM Garen, that wasn't going to be real, but it totally was. They are just testing the waters. Um, and they had some really cool displays. Uh, There's a fairly long line of people there. And I remember learning that, like, yeah, there's a lot of, like, people you wouldn't expect to be there in line mm-hmm. um but you can tell who's a fan and you can tell who was like oh hey i remember watching the show let's let's check this out um but like just the same like they all had sort of the same level of enthusiasm which i thought was really cool um i met a japanese dude there who was like oh i don't see foreigners here a lot and we talked for a bit um he saw a bottle on the ground and joked about how that was from build or something and <laughs> he gave me his facebook info he's like oh we should talk i'm like yeah okay and we never talked again um i funny continuous story there like i was at an arcade once with a friend and um my friend stopped to talk to these other dudes who were having trouble at a claw machine yeah and i I look over and i see that guy there and i just like do a hard turn and walk away (laughs) (laughs) it's like this guy was a little weird when i talked to him so i wasn't like yeah um I've also been to some Ultraman events. Uh, I went one, went one, went to one uh, like on or right after my birthday last or this year with uh, Tom, um, and I got to meet a bunch of people there. My favorite moment there was like the call out of having an actor say like, "Oh yeah, there's more than just like Japanese fans here. Like we have fans from all over the world," because. Um, there was a moment when um, they're going around in the audience asking kids what their favorite Ultraman was, and Tom grabs my wrist, shoots my hand up into the air, 
And the star of Ultraman Taiga runs over to me and like shoves a microphone in my face. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, my favorite show is Ultraman Jeed. But it's not. But I said that because Koichi Sakamoto, who's like the head director of that show, was in the audience. Wait, wait, wait. So Taiga's yeah. actor came up to you to ask what's his, what's your favorite Tokusatsu or Ultra. Ultraman show. And you yeah. didn't say his. Well, they also preferenced this preferenced it by saying like aside from taiga uh they, they gave you that out <laughs> yeah they gave you that out um and it wasn't until afterwards when i realized like oh i was one the only foreigner to raise their hand two the only adult who raised their hand well you didn't raise your it hand. was well yeah <laughs> but yeah I, it was it was really fun and other than that my like big experience was like the first live show I ever went to, which was inside the mall that's next to Tokyo Skytree. Mm-hmm. Just I didn't even know there was going to be a show there. I was just touring the place with a, a friend in my first month here in Japan. And there is a show for going on for Roop. So I go in there. I see a ton of like, uh, what, what are those things called? Props. Yeah. And monster suits. And it's really cool. And then I see like, I hear this really big commotion at the back of the of the display area so I, I go there and i see freaking ultraman rube fighting this giant monster and like ultraman orb comes out to happen to, to help him and in your head you know they're just dudes in suits but like in the moment you're like oh fucking hell it's <laughs> ultraman go kick his ass it's awesome <laughs> um like you those things really do turn you back into like a five-year-old kid it is so much fun and like that's one of those things i'm always going to remember those uh live shows and stuff like what is the like what is the production like like is it like one of those things where you see online where it's like they're in front of a screen and then you know the, the it projects like the the powers behind them or whatever or it depends like the ones you're talking about i think are like the like the musical type things but like right. typically they're just like in front of a stage but suburaya like they go all out with their uh, yearly live shows because they have this big event. I think it's called uh, Ultra Fest. Um, Ultra Fest, yeah, yeah, which is at every August, and that's the that's the one where basically the whole stage is it's not just projection mapping. It's like the whole stage is an LED screen that oh. fully interacts with the characters. It's amazing to watch. Wow, and it, yeah, like it's not just like the fights. It's like. They have storylines, and they'll bring out, like, the monster suits that you think, like, could only really work on TV. Like, when I went this year, they brought out um, this gigantic suit, and, like, it just worked. It just somehow it worked. And there was this storyline about... It was basically Toy Story for Ultraman Taiga. Like, a little boy's uh, Ultraman Taiga figure comes to life, and, like, the suit was even different from the real Taiga figure because, like the back wasn't painted at all. So it's like one of those cheap oh, uh, Ultraman toys. Yeah. And like on the foot, you could see like the name of, of the kid who owns him written down in marker. It was really, really cool. On the um, Ultraman suit. Yeah, on the Ultraman suit. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so like, but yeah, like one thing you'll notice is uh, Suburaya puts a lot more effort into their live shows. Like even the smaller ones, there's just so much more like craft put into it. Wow. Even even the actors and the suit actors like there's a, there's another event or like a series of events I can't remember what the name of it is but it's like somewhere in Saitama where mm. it's like every month it's held every month and the characters and actors who are there are like 
Like the, the Ultramen who are there are the actual Ultramen. Like they they go full out. Like they are fully within their character. They don't. They're, they're not just people in suits waving to the crowd. Right. And like, oh, I remember one story. Um, Tom told me about the New Year's the. the from an event at New Year's where, like, he was speaking to a, uh, a suit actor and he's just like, and it was like, oh, hey, so how do you put the suit on? And it's just like, well, I wake up and this is who I am. And it's and like, <laughs> like, not like not letting it be a suit at all. It's just, that's just who I am. This is how I normally look. Oh, wow. So it's, it's like the Disney thing where they, they never acknowledge, they never break the image. Like they they care so much about their um their fans and like not spoiling it for children in any way. Right. And they do so much to make like the the people who are part of that just work their asses off. That's amazing. I the ones that I've always heard about is the Ultraman ones. I never really hear much about Sentai or Common Rider live shows too much. There's a reason for that. <laughs> So I've been to the Ultra Fest and the Ultraman um, New Year's thing, as as we talked about. Um, and I've also been to some other alternate events. So I've been to the state, the Girosa stage show, which is pretty, which is pretty fun, but it's not nearly as well done as the Ultra Fest's live stage show. Right. Um, but it's fun to watch. Um, I've not been to many or really any full blown Kamen Rider stage shows. Mm-hmm. I've been I've seen two related ones. So the first one was at a convention for figures actually cuz I'm a nerd and I collect figures. Um and I went there and they and they randomly had a common rider drive stage show for the kids. Um oh. so that was but that was like super cheaply done. Like they clearly like just took the bare minimum of a kaijin kaijin costume and um drive and maha were there and it was like it, it was okay it wasn't it wasn't stellar right um and yeah and the other one i went to was a stage performance for the carmen rider girls um okay so for the, for those who don't know they're the like the idol group who do like a lot of carmen rider based songs and do a lot of like the special songs that appear in the shows and I randomly came across a live stage performance for them. I was just like, I got to see this. And this was back during Wizards' time, so like Wizard Flame Dragon came up on stage as well, and I got all their autographs, and that was pretty fun. Cool. When you say that you <clears throat> you like randomly came across this, like was it like just at just event at some location or something, or you saw something that advertised it, or so I was like. I was in the area for something else and I saw like posters up in the area where I was and like the timing worked out because this is something like this is this is something that a lot of people like that like Tokusatsu fans who come to Japan expecting to be able to go and see a live stage show the problem is that the places where all the hero shows and like the the show the the live stage performances happen for basically anything non all the Sentai and all the Kamen Rider stuff, they always happen at stage shows really outside of Tokyo, like in amusement parks and stuff. And it takes a good hour to get to any of these places. Oh, um, okay. So it's, yeah, so it's very hard to just like, to to just randomly come across those. So it's, so it's lucky I came across those ones in town. Um, yeah, for the, uh, for the Ultraman ones, like, as I said, there's that stuff that's going on in Saitama, and there's usually something Ultraman-related going on within Tokyo City itself, which is pretty cool. That's right. 
that's what, whenever I'm able to actually go to Japan, I, I would love to go to like any kind of live show. Yeah, but that's that's my point is that like you you have to you have to do the research and you have to actually right. plan that because it's gonna take because it's not just a I'll I'll go here and I'll, I'll be able to see this and just like you you have to know when it when it's going on and how to actually see it. Yeah, it's not like it just there's just tokusatsu shows all over the, <laughs> the country at all times. <laughs> uh, Tony, what about you? Do you have any uh, fun stories of events and stuff? Nope. <laughs> cool. I I don't I don't go to that's why I've been quiet because I don't go to any of these things so because oh, you gotta because like Tokyo is like two hours from me you know and I'm just kind of like okay I'm gonna go all the way I mean the one time yeah. okay one time I did go to Ultra Fest the Tiger one I went with Tom and a few other people um I also did not tell my girlfriend that we were going to it and um, oh, I bet she was happy about that. Oh yeah, oh, she was so happy about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Linda. She yeah. So, but uh, she. The, the good news is, you know, I paid for it. You know, so it was free. You know, and you know, it was uh it was it was it was a, it was an awkward conversation afterwards. But you know, other than that, <laughs> uh, I went to G Rosso. Is that what's called G Rosso? That one time. Yep. I think I saw the one with like Lupat. Mm. I've seen that one. And other than that, uh, I once saw Kamen Rider Maha and like these other stuff at like at a local amusement park in Osaka (laughs) (laughs) five years ago. So I was like, oh, hey, I don't watch your show right now, but that's cool. Uh, (laughs) But look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know why I don't go to these live shows. I should. I really should. But we'll see, because next year I'm possibly moving a little bit closer to Tokyo, so I may feel like, and you know, with once the, uh, you know, the global situation has cooled down, maybe uh, mm. I can go to more. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask, like, do you have like an interest in going to those things, or do you just it's not not your thing? You know what? It, I think it's both. Yeah. Mm. Like sometimes, sometimes I'll have a little bit of interest, but on the most part, no. Maybe not. Yeah, it's just it's That's just fair. maybe if there's like a huge group of us, I would go. But the thing right. is, because I'm now with someone who I have, you know, we're, we're, we're together. So like, yeah. I have to yeah, like, yeah, yeah. do you want to go? And she'll be like, no. Let's be honest, no. <laughs> so I have to like, <laughs> work my way around that. So uh. I will say, like, um, even as a big fan, I'm very just. I don't like doing things by myself too often. I push myself when I can, but, like, yeah, like, those events, I feel very, like, on display yeah. as, like, an adult foreigner. So, I feel a lot As a foreigner and as adults, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> like, we, we just stand out, and we just sort of, we're aware that we're standing out, and we just have to, like, roll with it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, well, you roll with it, or you, like, you don't go. Yeah. And for my case, it's been the latter. It's right. a shame. Like the few times I've I've gone once by myself and it's like not the most comfortable experience to be honest. Um, I find it a lot harder to get into it if I'm not if it's if I can't share it with anyone else. Yeah. Um, like my one highlight of going by myself was when I went to Giroso and I got a their equivalent of a Happy Meal, and um, <laughs> I got like a, a cool Ryu Soldier badge and like yeah this is cool and I got to see uh, Ryu Soldier Red. 
from across the way because I was too much of a chicken to go up to him. Um, yeah, I'm going. I'm going like right after my birthday uh, in like two weeks, so that's gonna be cool. Dope. See, I I feel like I would be the same. I would like even if I went to visit, I wouldn't want to go to a event like that by myself. Like I would want to like share that with likewise fans. I feel like. Yeah. Like, in the occasions I've been to the Ultraman events, like, the last couple of times I've gone, I've met people that I know through, like, Alpha Stunts and people who are also Ultraman fans, and it's just been more fun going with those people than just wandering about by myself. Like, the advantage of going on your own is that, like, you don't have to worry about... Like, you can just sort of do your thing and just be in and out and go smoothly. But if you go with people who actually enjoy it, you can relax a bit more because you're actually with other people who will who will have fun with you. Right. Like, yeah. uh, like last year, I went to the New Year's Ultraman event at Tokyo Dome, and um, like, and I met some friends who were there, and they also and they like posed with me with Jeed and was like, and like they knew the poses, and they were like, and we were all just like having fun, just being just being big kids and that's just much more enjoyable than just sort of like trying to see it all and be quiet and not stand out right yeah i I figure it's i don't know if it's any similar but like you know going to the movie theater by yourself as opposed to like going to the theater with like a group of friends and you know hanging out Uh, i I don't really compare it to going to the theater cinema because i i will happily go to the cinema by myself yeah same Mm. except i just wish that you could like react more in the theater because let me tell you watching some some stuff in the movie theater is like i wish i could like cheer right now or be or laugh out loud but you can't really do that here yeah 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 in japan you cannot do that it's like especially like because japan is just very quiet and everybody's very polite right but it's like it's like especially with like stuff like Endgame last year was like I wanted to cry openly in the studio in the cinema that day. And man, the only time I've ever seen anyone else react was Heisei Generations. Uh, was it forever? Yeah, yeah. forever? Was it that one? Uh, yeah, because me and Tom were in the theater, and yeah, it was like and there literal gasps in the theater. Well. Was that uh, that's Bill Geo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that got some feels. I I was gonna say like the the one time I did see people react was uh, during the Geo summer movie when like all of the cameos start happening one after the other, so like people started laughing like crazy when a uh, Kamen Rider brain shows up. Uh, they <laughs> lost their shit when um, G showed up when uh, Zangetsu showed up. They they were like what the fucking at uh, the manga Kuga. Yeah. Like, I think it takes something of that level of spectacle, like that goes beyond even like Avengers to like make people like get vocal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I would have a tough time. Oh, also, also something. Uh, everyone always sits through the credits. You don't get up and leave. You sit through all damn and, and like as a foreigner, you're like, this is stupid. But like, also, I don't want to be looked at weird, <laughs> so I'm just gonna sit here. I'll be honest, like. Even here, I I do that. Like me and my friends, we sit through the credits and like talk and stuff, and then we wait. Yeah, you don't end. talk. You just sit there. Dude, quietly. one time I legit crawled out. I was like, because I, <laughs> I really had to use the toilet, so I, so I like I was on my knees. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my would god. It just, would would it just be that you would get like 
nasty looks or something, or like what like what would happen? You'd feel the eyes on you. It's it's like the mob mentality where like no one else is moving, everyone's sitting quietly, and it's just like you stand like what we talked about standing out, you stand out so much more being the only person who's leaving in a room full of dead quiet people and no one's what and everyone's what politely watching to the end of the credits. And just like you feel you feel that pressure to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Man. I'd have a tough time. I'm too yeah, loud. It's like I'm the loud. one major downside of theaters here. Yeah. Especially when like you go into a movie and you don't have the like like assurance that there's gonna be like a post credit scene or something. You're just right. Like, so you're just sitting no. there, you don't know. Oh man. There's five minutes of nothing. <laughs> there's all these names I can't read. Right. Oh yeah. Sure I'm glad they worked on the movie, but like kanji names are very difficult to read, so do do like uh fans like clap at the end of the movie or something or just complete silence? Nah. I've never there's seen that. Silence. Really? Yeah, silence. silence. Once the lights comes on, it's just like everyone stands up and like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I tried to get a clap going at, because uh, this year they did, <laughs> this year certain cinemas did a 4D screening of Harry Potter 1 and I tried to get a clap going at the end of that and nobody responded. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. My wife just looked daggers at me. Oh my god. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> Dude, if I was there, I would have done it with you, man. Thank you. I would have I would have been right there. I would have stood up and just started clapping. It's like, come on, people, let's go. Yeah, Harry Potter. Since you weren't, it's going to be one of those things he'll what? think about like five years from now on like a Wednesday and he'll just shudder. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's like... I'm much more like having moved to Japan. I feel much less of an introvert, and I'm much more comfortable with my weirdness. Especially since I've now got a wife who is equally as weird as me. Yeah, wait. I just remember the clapping uh, last Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I've actually had like the inverse experience, just because I'm much more aware of how much of a foreigner I am. Right. And like, I'm not. I'm not like the the uh, what's the word? Um, I'm looking for here. Introvert. No, I, I'm 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 not the uh, appealing kind of foreigner. I'm the kind of foreigner that people look at and like they'll pull their partner close. This happened to me last night. What? By the way, I was walking home and like another foreigner, I'm pretty sure it was American, like pulls his girlfriend closer to him as I'm walking down the street, like like on the opposite side of a sidewalk. I believe the term in Japan is ayashi hito. Yep. Um, so yeah, that happens to me in America. That happens to me in Japan. So like, it just makes me feel. When you're like the foreigner, it just makes you feel way, way, way more like uh, self-conscious and introvert. So like, I have had Japanese people tell me I seem more Japanese in my politeness than Japanese people, and that's because like I really, really don't want to do anything to like upset anyone because I'm aware of like if I do that, I'm gonna be so self-conscious about being like the one weird foreigner who did it because I'm I already feel like that every day. So yeah. Come to Japan if uh, you got uh, unresolved issues. It's it'll you'll either have like the great Max experience or you'll just be like George. Yeah, it's, mm, I don't know. I One like... way or another, you know, th- things are gonna happen. Or in between, like me. I don't know. <laughs> the thing is, nothing ever happens to me though. That's the thing. Uh. 
You got shoved by a grandma once. I was there for that. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> what? Wait, what? I got shoved by grandma? Wait, hold up. Let's, by let's a, take... a grandma. A grandma. Wait. <laughs> so like. Wait, what happened? It was like <laughs> when I first got here, you showed me. You showed you showed me around uh, Ikebukuro. Yeah. And as we were crossing, like this grandma just like shoves you out of the way. This tiny little grandma <laughs> bent at like ninety something degrees, just like shoves you out of the way. Really? I do Why? not remember. Why? Just to, to get ahead of you. I don't... She, okay. Japanese people are... Elderly Japanese people are either like the sweetest people in the world or like fucking demons. And there is no in between. <laughs> there is no in between. Oh, God. I don't remember this. Wait, so was 20 like just in the way walking too slow or something? Or like what, what was going on? Maybe. I don't know. I just remember like... like okay. Because you even commented about it. Really? Because I, I, I definitely yeah. wasn't walking slow. You know how fast I walk. <laughs> so yeah yeah so uh um i really i don't remember this at all. yeah <laughs> oh gosh I, yeah. and i always remember just because she was so tiny but like it was a chihuahua situation man she was tiny but she had an attitude that you know just it didn't mesh with her stature yeah. right um but yeah she she just like she's like nah get the hell out of my way boy like i'm, I'm a i'm a grandma i got somewhere to be I gotta go hit someone with a cane or something, like because I don't know they didn't do their kanji homework, uh, and she shoved you in the ribs. In the wow. ribs. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't remember that. I don't remember. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I remember it much clearer because it was literally my second day in Japan. Wow. I I, I have no so recollection I of things this. From yeah. That period. Yeah. You sure it was me? You sure it was me? It was you. It was you because you were the first one to show me around there. Uh, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's right. Oh, he didn't pass you by? Yeah. No, he didn't pass me by. Uh. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> wow, I actually have no... I, well, speaking of old grandmas, one time, right? So oh, it was... <laughs> <laughs> that's a good tradition. <laughs> so one time I was riding. It was raining. I was riding my bicycle, and I had my raincoat. I was miserable. I remember I'm just riding my bicycle... I go, I, I go past this grandma, right? I'm bi- bicycling. She, and I, for like a moment, she looks at me and yells out, ha! And I'm like, what? <laughs> what the hell? She's like, are you laughing at me? And, and I just remember like, eh? <laughs> Is it because I had the raincoat on and I was looking ridiculous? Or like, what? <laughs> so every time it rains here, I'm always afraid I'm going to run into that freaking grandma again. Like, you going to laugh at me again? <laughs> That that, oh that happened. God. That was that happened. Yeah, within my first year, and then of course that. Wait, really? The woman, that grandma shoved me. That was last year. I don't know. I don't. She shoved you. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember that. Okay, let's just, let's let's go. <laughs> no more grandmas. I feel like I have to ask Max if he had any <laughs> unfortunate run-ins with a grandma. But let's move on. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I've basically been plowed by wine by all of my wife's relatives at this point, but I don't, I've not had any odd, I've not had any of that kind of situation. I've had the, I've had the frequent, like, been in an area where there are Japanese who want to practice their English and they suddenly come up and start talking to me. Uh, one guy tried to, um, tried to invite me to a church, but I said, oh, it's okay, I support Satan. And he walked away. (laughs) Oh, uh, yes. really? Wait, really hope that doesn't go into the podcast. Uh, we could take that out if you want. Nah, now nah, it's fine. Okay, I'm sure no one will use that for evil purposes. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, 
I've not really had like I I think I've had one time where someone just sort of like oi get out of my way when it when I was on a platform at a station and there was nobody else around so he really didn't need to do that. Right. But that's I mean some people are just idiots so it's always Tokyo, though. It's always Tokyo that you run into these people. Yeah, if you get out of Tokyo, the people are much nicer. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. It's just because I feel like Tokyo, you know, the stress, the build-up, people are in a hurry. I just remember one time I was walking at Ikebukuro Station, coincidentally, and uh, uh, <laughs> I accidentally, when I was walking, there was this man, right? I actually, my, with my shoe, I touched the back of his shoe. He stopped dead in his tracks, mm. turned around, and gave me a stern look. And I was just like, on the for one second, I was about, I was about to say, like, we about to fight? Like, but then, <laughs> like, I was about to be like, but then I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then, like, I just, like, walked past the way because I was like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, it happens. It's a busy. There's, like, three grandmas around me and a, a grandfather walking around me. You know, it's just, I'm sorry. I, I've had sort of, like, the opposite, uh, almost the opposite of this, where I've been to the middle of nowhere. Um, so one time I went with my mother to Obihiro. So for those who don't know, it's, like, really on the eastern end of Hokkaido. Um, it's where it's famous for having like these um, these famous cranes and is fam- and the Ainu culture. Um, mm. I'll save us some time and I won't go into explanations. But anyway, this is a place where, um, well, my mother and I coined the phrase, we are rarer than bears. Like, there are more bears in that part of Hokkaido than there are foreigners. And oh. everybody was just like staring at us as we went past and just like, what are these things? Are these people? Oh, these are foreigners. We don't see them very often. Yeah, there are parts of Japan that just are not globalized. Yeah, n- not in like a rude way, not in an offensive way, just like right. surprised right. to see us there. Like right, the, the right, look right. of shock. <laughs> like, what are you doing me, here? This reminds me of the, the Californians. What are you doing here? Oh, uh, gosh. Um, yeah, like, when people say, like, yeah, like, Japan, like, they're so polite and stuff, like, I always think, you sure about that? And now it's like, is that because I've only ever lived in Tokyo? But, you know, you know, Japanese people are just like any other people in the world, you know, you've got your good people, you got the nice people, you got the people who are having bad days, and your people who are just, you know, they're all walks of life, that's it. I, I gotta visit the the middle of nowhere a bit more. I think. Well, that's the thing I was gonna say. It's it's it, it's because in your big, if you're in Tokyo, I mean, any big city is kind of like that where everybody's kind of in a rush. Uh, nobody yeah. wants to get messed with. You kick someone's shoe, they turn around and look. I mean, I've had that happen here in Atlanta where you kick someone in the shoes by accident, and they like, what's going on? What what you doing over here? <laughs> like, like, I, I don't know like they, because they're about to start something. Here's the difference, because like, because about six years ago, I did an exchange in, uh, in Kansai, like Osaka, and so like, mm. they're a big city, right, and big cultural hub there with Kyoto, Nara, right, and they just like, if I did the same thing to a guy and I and I test the back of his shoe, we'd probably have a conversation afterwards. We we we'd be chatting, like, hey, how you doing? Like, where are you from? And, like, we would be generally chatting. So they're they're yeah. much more welcoming over there because you know they have more. Personality, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So um, it's just more yeah. There's they're, they're more open over there, and then you know they're a huge yeah. city. And so I remember I really enjoyed that. So when I came to Tokyo as an adult, it was just kind of like okay, this is a bit different. Yeah, I feel like yeah, people here are just yeah. a lot more stressed. Yeah, stress is definitely like 
I've been yelled at on trains here, and it's always like, you understand why they're stressed out, but at the same time, it's like, okay, maybe I just retreat back into myself for a bit. Mm, I thankfully have not been yelled at because no, <laughs> no, I just be like, <laughs> I just be as he's yelling at me, I'm just gonna walk away. I'm just gonna be like, okay, bye bye. <laughs> I was on a packed train. I could not walk away. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. No, yeah, that's that's a whole different situation. Yeah. It's definitely like sometimes you do forget how Tokyo is one of, if not the biggest city in the world. Right. As far as population goes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you people are stressed out. And when people do say like, oh, Japan is so polite, it's um, I think they do overlook the fact that there's different walks of life everywhere. Right, right, right. There are nice people. There are not nice people. It, it's just a case of like, more often, if you come out here for a short time, you will mostly just see the good yeah. side of it. But being yeah. out here as long as we have, we've seen like basically every aspect of this country. So, yeah, it's like, true. That's true. Grandmas will want to take you down. Like they will not mess around <laughs> with you. Uh, so, so I do want to uh, ask. Uh, I don't. I don't know what it's uh, if there's if you've had any experiences with like Tokusatsu fans in Japan, like how do how do how do Japanese Tokusatsu fans react to seeing foreign Tokusatsu fans? If that's if that actually happens, I don't know. So like I've met lots of really interesting, really cool people through liking Tokusatsu and through like going to Japanese restaurants and just like getting to chat with these people, like. I've met artists and suit actors and directors and like, and I've met like regular fans as well. And once they know that, once they know that you understand what you're talking about, um, then they will like instantly, then a, a, a switch flips and they are just like 100% okay with you. Like uh, uh, one time I was meeting a friend of my, of my wife's who uh, my wife had said like, he's a fan of uh, Ultraman. And um, we get to the restaurant, and I see his phone screen is uh, Ultraman Neos, or like the, the chest plate for Ultraman Neos. I'm just like, yeah. oh, that's cool, you got the Neos thing, and it's just like, you know this, <laughs> and like, like the the light in his eyes changed. Um, yes, yeah, so like one, because uh, like one thing about Japan is that like people don't nerds don't stand out. As in, I mean, like, they're there, but they don't want to stand out. Like, they just want to do right. their thing. They're not really, like... Like, people will go to conventions and stuff, but they're not, like... They're there to enjoy themselves. They're not there to chat and make friends. But um, okay. when you see them, like... When you get the opportunity to meet someone in a more social setting and they, and they know that you they know that you know what they're talking about, then you can really, like, build a rapport with them. Right. That's... Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I will say a lot of the fans I've run into are um, older guys, and they're boring. They're really boring. <laughs> um, like, I, I don't know why. It's just they're kind of dry people to have conversations with. Um, and Younger fans are, are cool to talk to just because they have this a level of enthusiasm that I can match a bit better. Right. But... Yeah, on average, like the, the older fan, the 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 fans I've met tend to be closer to forty, and they're just like so so boring to talk to. Um, I don't know what it is about me and them that like I just it's like okay, uh, cool, 
probably will never talk to you again, but it was nice meeting you. And I've also had the, like, kind of like that, in the inverse of experience, just because I guess of the way I look, um, they're like, oh yeah, you, you probably come from some Southeast Asian country, even though I, my family's from Mexico. Um, and they're like, yeah, you know, tokusatsu is all over the place there. So oh. like, no one ever, no one ever has a like, oh wow, you're into tokusatsu like reaction when when they find out that I like tokusatsu. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I, well, the, there was one time though, like um, a dude was really really happy that a foreigner knew who um, Hibiki was. Oh. And that was really cool because like Hibiki is one of my favorite tokusatsu shows, and like we talked about it for a little bit, and um, never saw the guy again. Like, he kind of just walked away. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Seeing a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Never to be seen like, again. You either make friends here or you don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's kind of everywhere. Really? Japan. It's kind of like everywhere, really. <laughs> All right, we're done with the episode. See ya. Yeah. Well, what about you, Tony? Do you have any experience like that? Yeah, so... um. I don't talk to people, so it's been a next section. Yeah, it's it's like it's like so. Tony, I, I don't you don't talk to people. You don't talk to other fans. You don't go to live events. What? Why are you there? I don't know. I'm asking myself <laughs> that question every day. You're there because you're home. there, so you can tell your future kids about the time you saw like an Ultraman like beat up a monster in person. Yes, I'll say that to them. Yes. <laughs> it'll be a couple of years before they can connect the dots that they that you mean like you're at a stage show yeah yeah you know for the first few years it'll be like oh he was there in person when it happened yes like how are you still alive it's just i, I am ultraman what <laughs> you <laughs> uh yeah that's 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 my story yeah yeah, <laughs> that's that's all, that's all good, man. Um, so, all of you, uh, from what I can tell, you've all been on Tokusatsu production sets, one way or the other. Uh, tell me a little bit about like what that's like uh, being a like being a foreigner on a uh, Tokusatsu set. Um, well, at least in my experience, people are really focused on the job they're doing so they don't really have time to be like oh wow foreigners are here they do they'll be like oh cool thank you for coming by um but for the most part like it, it's another day on the job for them so they have stuff to do um, yeah that makes sense yeah it's pretty relaxing in that way like you're, you're not treated differently like you're just yeah. part of the crowd there's usually like an extra kind of thing right yeah yeah um a lot of waiting those days yeah. can be like really long like yeah like so you're there from like 6 a.m and if you want to stay the entire day which they let you it'll you'll be done by like 8 o'clock p.m wow. right um but you do see cool things like my, my favorite moments are seeing the stars actually interact with kids mm. um because you can see like which ones are like genuinely enjoy being around kids like i'll never forget like for as like stern as his character was, Vusel Black's actor is just like so good with kids. Like like he made them laugh and stuff, and like he spent some time playing with uh, little kids. And Vusel Pink's actress was like she spent a lot of time playing with like one specific little girl on set, and yeah. it was just really fun to watch. Are you just like random people that like, random kids that 
they were on a set or were they like part like sometimes people will bring their children to be extras in the in the crowd okay um, yeah and i i the thing about filming in japan is that it's very strict and like like if you see like, i don't think there will be ever there will ever be cases where people strolling past will be able to just run up and say oh hey you're the actor and right. like yeah that's something like this is a good opportunity to point out to foreigners is if you're coming to japan don't assume you're going to walk onto a set like right, if right, you right, right. if you are lucky enough to pass by somewhere and you can sort of see a filming going on just be like oh cool there's a filming going on and just walk away don't try and talk to anybody there and don't try and get closer because they will turn you away and if you and if they're not nice about it they will call a cop to turn you away right um yeah and also don't be one of those foreigners who just takes photos and posts it on instagram for the likes just just uh, acknowledge that you just acknowledge that you got to see something pretty cool like semi backstage just acknowledge that memory and don't post about it just just right. be respectful because these people are doing a hard job they're working their asses off trying to um like trying to keep a, trying to get a job done and they've got a lot to do um so just like be be respectful of that and if you're if you're lucky enough to be an extra um even you have to respect that even more so like you can't just mm-hmm. walk up to the to the crew and cast and like try and build a rapport like you you can look but you cannot interrupt their job because that is very rude yeah. and that is very un- and you will not get called back right right yeah you, you yeah you gotta you gotta let them do their job and don't you know because yeah t- i mean talking and stuff just makes everything slower and you throw people off and yeah it's not a good thing and honestly like you're gonna you can talk to the other extras because yeah i've i've felt like they're kind of like the tokusatsu fan that i can gel with a lot better mm-hmm. like our levels of enthusiasm match their personalities are a bit more laid back and it's just like i don't know it's a lot easier to talk to them yeah and you can like you have somebody you can like geek out with about being on the set with right right are are extras usually like fans or are they like a mix of fans and just people who actually are are like trying to be in the industry and are kind of starting out from just being No, I'd say it's almost entirely fans. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, little girls and with their moms. I say kids too, yeah. Yeah, families. Yeah. Right, right. Like it, I I don't think I've ever seen or at least in my experience of being on set, I don't think I've um, I don't think I've ever been on a set where I've seen another extra who does not like tokusatsu. Like they're, they're right. all they're all nerds in some way or another. That's really cool. That that's, that seems like it would be a really cool atmosphere to be a part of. Yeah, like um, when we were doing a Kira Major, we were filming an episode before the show even aired. And uh, I asked one of the other extras, like, hey, do you know who's uh, the suit actor for Red this year? And, like, he tells me who he thinks it is. And then he just rattles off the name of every, like, major suit actor from the last, like, 15 years. Wow. So, yeah, like, you will almost exclusively meet Tokusatsu fans, sir. I want to meet that person. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about suit actors. That'd be dope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is Is it okay to say, like, what shows or movies you guys have like appeared on or worked on as extras i think so yeah i mean once they've all been aired now so we can say like we've yeah. been in 
Like, like I've been in the Ninja uh, Georgia film. I've been in uh, like one of the earlier episodes of Kira Major. Now, um, I was in the last episode of Georgia. That was fun. Um, I think that's about my experience. Um, I think you guys have had more time on set than me. Yeah, I've only been on Kira Major and You Soldier. And the Kira Major one was, like, cold. <laughs> um, the, the thing I always remember about that is, like, they told us to dress for spring because it was gonna, an episode that was going to air in spring. Right. But it was middle of January when we were filming, uh, so we get there, and it was really cold, and poor Max was the only one who actually dressed appropriately for spring. <laughs> and then it started um, snowing. I want that on record. It started to snow. Are you serious? It started to snow, and, like... Sometimes they make you do like a ton of takes when you're running because like like it looks like you're acting or whatever. Right. But we did two takes of running that day um, because the fear in everyone's eyes was real because nobody wanted to slip on the ice that was forming on the ground. Oh my god! And then and then the kicker is that episode when it aired in March, it snowed. It snowed so much, <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't need to dress for spring at all. The illusion would not have been broken. Yeah, oh jumping off of Joe, what George said, because me, him, and Max were all together with everybody. So, like, because the fear in their eyes, like, of not slipping. Yeah, if, if you watch the episode, like, you could actually see me looking on the ground as I'm running, like, not gonna fucking, I'm not gonna slip, not gonna <laughs> really? slip. Yeah. It was bad. You know what episode that is? Four? Four, I think. Four, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's six. It's episode six. It's six. the first time that the smog joker appears um and like where we find out about the backstory about um zygot Zy- uh, i don't the the black armored guy yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah. is it yeah. six so that's it the, six? Uh, it's either five or six it's five or six yeah. but yeah it was a sakamoto directed episode and it was like really cool to be a part of because it was like a really really good episode um one of the, the little mo- moments I remember from that is uh, we had to react to something coming down from the sky. Okay. So, like, we're all looking up into the sky going, like, oh, what is that? No, this shouldn't be happening. What? What? And at some point, Sakamoto had to cut, walk in front of, like, all of the extras and be like, guys, I like your enthusiasm, but you can't say fuck. You can't say, oh, God. You can't say Jesus. So, remember, no fucks. There is no God. And then he just had to start over. <laughs> and the foreigners just lost their shit laughing. Oh, my God. And, and all the Japanese extras were like, what? What happened? Like, what's going on? Wait, but did they? All, I think all they understood was like, no fuck. Wait, but wait. Who was saying that, though? Which one of y'all We're not entirely it? sure, but we think we know who it We it think was it was Tom. <laughs> we think it was Tom. <laughs> it, it would be very... because Yeah. I, I would just like to go on record. I just looked it up. It was episode four. My yeah, bad. Okay. Hey, yo. <laughs> Wait, so... So, were they using your audio? Sort of. They... they like, they're using a bit of our audio for, like, the background... Like... Right, right. Uh, like, background noise kind of thing? Yeah, like uh, ambience. Ambience, okay, okay, yeah. okay. In the end, they never use that cut in the in the episode, though. You only see the cut of us running away. Okay. Yeah. 
So were they worried about that? That were they worried that you'd be that you'd be able to see like you guys like mouthing those words, and they don't want to even have that. No, I think that I think it was more just a time constraint thing. Like okay. in filming, you you film a lot of stuff that doesn't make it into the final cut, and that's just because like it's better to have the footage and then you can fit it fit it in if you need to than to right. not have it at all. Right, right, right. Okay, that makes sense. I, I also think like they probably had to edit things they weren't expecting to just because of how bad the weather was that day. Mm. Like, like it was supposed to be set in spring, but like based on the skies were like dark and gloomy and there was snow falling everywhere. Yeah. yeah. When we were filming it, I was just thinking this isn't going to make it in. It's going to be weird to see how they have to edit this. And they ended up adding a filter over it for a scene where we're running away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm trying to remember what stuff I've been in. Uh, oh yeah, I was in the Tokyo Returns movie, which is the irony is that I've never watched any of Tokyo really. <laughs> and I'm in the final movie. I've never gone past the first episode. Um, I'm in two episodes of Lupat. I'm like, well, yeah. And on both occasions, I've seen like every member of the cast except for Pink, and it's still the fact that she has eluded me. It's uh. <laughs> a fun way to phrase this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, no. Oh, and then, uh, yeah, obviously the, obviously the episode of Cure Major, but there was a planned one, there was another time where we were supposed to do another episode of Cure Major, but, uh, you know, stuff happened, as we all know. <laughs> yeah. How deep, how deep can we go into that? Because I think that'd be really interesting to Well, share. I have, I, uh, I've talked about it in a previous podcast, so I'll mention the story again. So, um, yeah, so we were, uh, we were all planning, I don't know who was involved, I mean, you, Tom, and me... Were you also going to that? I, I don't think I, I don't think I was in this one. Yeah. So it was. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. I think Yuri was going. to... Your, your wife. Your wife. Your wife was going to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was right. Because it was because yeah. it was going to be filmed in Akihabara on a mm-hmm. Friday when I was yeah. working, and my yeah. wife could have gone because she has been out of work this year. Yeah. Um. So that was so that would have been. So I gave her the option of she if she wanted to go she could go. Yeah. But then it didn't happen. So we were on. So I remember uh, it was on a Friday. I. It was like a, I think it was it was a break. I decided to leave on a Wednesday. I was on the train, messing back and forth, and I remember Thomas saying like, "Oh hey, by the way, they're canceling the whole extra thing for that Friday." So I was like, "Ah, darn, okay." And this is around the time when I guess the the emergency nationwide alert. What do you call that? Uh, it wasn't the state, state of emergency. emergency. It wasn't initiated yet. I think. I think yeah. it was like it was pre Golden Week. So I think they. Yeah. I think it was just about to happen. Kind of yeah, thing. it was just about to happen. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we missed out on that. It's like, all right. I remember being like 20 minutes, just being on the train for 20 minutes. And then I just got off the station and like turned around basically. So I'm like, oh, no biggie. And then, of course, so we find out on the following Monday that Kira May Red's actor had been diagnosed with COVID-19. And that was just – and the thing that was scary is that I we were not 100% certain – but he could have been on the set that day, and he hadn't talked about yeah. on that day, Friday, him losing his sense of taste, uh, and then him, you know, getting. So we possibly yeah. could have been close to Kirame Red while he had just recently been uh, diagnosed contracted. with uh, contracted with uh, COVID nineteen. Yeah. So that was just, that was that would have been something. Dodged a bullet, man. and I believe it. Uh... If you're like for those wanting to know, I believe the episode it was supposed to be for was the episode where you meet uh, Tametomo's like uh, team, like his uh, gaming team. 
Yes. Episode 12 or something. Yes. Right. I think I remember that one. Yeah, he was playing some League of Legends or something. I don't know. Apex it, Legends. I, don't, I never, I never know what game they're playing in that in those scenes. Like, yeah, I can't. It looks like Monster just go Hunter. Go back to like Shinkanger and do Tekken, right? Like Bandai has license to that; they can use that footage. I mean, it, it looks like Monster Hunter, but I don't know how that would be competitive. <laughs> so, I'm not sure. Um, did the, so was that episode uh, delayed until after the uh, shot after the hiatus? think so yeah because you okay. know it's funny because it you watch but... the episode and there were still some extras there so it was kind of like okay i guess they just didn't want you know but like a bunch a bunch of them so i was one thing in my head like that must have been a lot of extras then <laughs> originally oh. yeah because i think they needed them for like the crowd watching the the gaming match mm-hmm. oh you would have been a part of the crowd yeah i think so Man, yeah, that's really that's really cool. I mean, I've man, I, I probably would never be on one of those sets or whatever. But every time I hear stories about it, it's like, man, that's like really cool. So, are, are this usually on? You're usually on like the B team, I guess, or what do we call it? It just depends. Yeah. Um, some like when we did Kita Major, the cast weren't there. It was an action thing. Yeah, it was action. When crew, we did yeah. when I did Resoldier, the cast was all there. It was the second episode. Resold Gold was on. Like everyone was Oh, there. okay. Like his debut or whatever? Not debut, but like like the very next episode. Okay, okay. I remember when I did the Tokyo Returns movie, the entire cast was there. Uh and also it was the first time I was seeing like the the, the, the purple suit. So I feel like I may may have been one of the first foreign fans to like see, like, oh, they're doing a purple suit. And so I'm like Okay, I guess I'll just have to wait until it comes out, and then I can finally talk about it because that's kind of cool. And then, yeah, the two Lupat episodes. I saw I saw the red and green. Loop, well, no, pattern red and green. Second time I saw red, blue, yellow, but you know, two times no pink. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, yeah, Kira Major. It was just the suits. The suits are gorgeous. My gosh. Yeah, that's what, that's one of the fun things is seeing an actual film suit up close and in person because like you you realize a lot of detail goes into it and a lot of like and it's quite fun to see the props and everything. Yeah, you don't realize how freaking big the changers are until you see them in person. Those things are massive. Are they different from the like uh, the toys? I they have to be. These things are gigantic. Like. We were at a distance, and we could see them. Yeah, they've got to be seen by the camera, and they've got to be durable. Because if you think about it, like, if you have, like, a fragile, breakable toy on your wrist, and you do a flip, and you land on your wrist, then that thing's going to get shattered. Which is why all of the props and stuff are made out of foam, so that they can bend and take a a dent without breaking. Right. So are are the, the changers, like, made of a different material? They're all made of Definitely. like foam and uh, not oh. polystyrene. Like, yeah, it's basically just foam blocks, and it's, it's the same stuff that's made for the armor and the um, and the weapons and stuff. The only thing that's really fragile out of all the out of the costumes is going to be the helmets, which are made of like uh, fiberglass. Right. I I had no idea that the changes were like 
a different material. That's crazy. Well, yeah. that, those will be the ones that you see in the suit mostly. There are, in most Tokusatsu of filmings, you have what's called a close-up item and an action item. So right. the action item is, is, if you look really closely at the action item, it will have less detail. But if it's okay. something that, if like, if like it's a prop that needs to be shown on screen and it needs to be like shown up close, then they'll have something that's fully detailed and that the characters can probably interact with in some way. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. So, uh, since the helmets are the only ones that are pretty like fragile, do they like? I feel like they they probably smash a bunch of them like every day. No, I mean I'm not I've not heard of that. Anytime you see a damaged helmet in a show, that's been made to look damaged. But they right. don't. But helmets themselves shouldn't break unless they're subjected to a really big force. Um. I would say, like, the thing you talk about, the action... Like, Kamen Rider has special helmets for when they're riding the bikes. Because it's right. just dangerous to have them wearing the regular action helmets. Yeah. Um, so they have, like, ones that you can... That have more visibility. Um, right. I think if you look on the Kamen Rider vs. Super Sen- superhero Tyson, the, the original, the first one... And there's that scene where they have the big battle between the Kamen Riders and the Super Sentai in the quarry or whatever. Right. I think if you look closely, you can see that de- you can see the different helmets in the riders. Oh, okay. At least that's my only rem- memory. Right. I mean, I've heard about like hero suits and action suits, like in Metal Hero and Garo and uh, Kamen Rider stuff like that. But helmets, I've I never knew like if there were multiple versions or not, and I was wondering because like they're 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 doing a lot of like tumbling and like somersaults and like a bunch of like like they gotta land it on their head at some point. I the differences I think mostly come for for visibility and just for things like for example when you have a Sentai Ranger who's silver like the close up helmet's gonna be like super shiny polished silver yeah yeah but like the regular action thing it's just gonna be like a gray helmet. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's most noticeable with uh, Boken Silver, because um, you can just full on see the entire camera crew in his helmet's reaction <laughs> yeah. uh, reflection, rather. Yeah, um, that's always fun yeah. to see. And I think so, like like Decorange and Bokenja because they've got helmets with like lights and stuff on them. Those will be different yeah. helmets because they have to have ones that have the lights in and ones that don't. Right. Yeah. 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 And like, I guess like nice ones in like. Kamen Rider where they have like night scenes or whatever where they light up the eyes or whatever that's definitely a different one yeah 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 so I guess so I guess the suits look different in person than they do on screen right mm, I mean yeah I mean they look like you can see a bit more of the detail I guess than on screen yeah on screen they have like a lot of you know they have the post production they have uh, like lights and stuff on them and stuff yeah a more shine in person, you're seeing just the suit as like a normal piece of fabric. Okay. So yeah. you can see all of that extra detail and stuff. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So, um, is there anything else that you'd want to say about your experiences, like working in uh, living in Japan? One of my favorite moments being on the set of a show was uh, seeing Ryuso Gold's actor, like do the thing where he flips his uh flips a lever on his uh, gun changer and 
well, the suit actor anyways, and like he flips it so hard that like half of the changer just goes flying across the set. <laughs> and like everyone just busted out laughing at that. It was so funny. That's pretty funny. Um, so they used duct tape to fix it. Sounds about right. Why not? So in terms of living in Japan overall, um, yeah. so I have loved, I mean, there have been some hard moments, like living in Japan and being here on a short term, as we mentioned earlier, like you will notice there's differences going on. Like your experiences will vary, but overall I've really enjoyed living out here and I have just been happier here than I have ever been in any other country in the world. Um, this is where I've made real genuine friends where I'm found a career that I'm enjoying, where I can let my hobby, um, one run wild, um, where I found the love of my life as well. And so I feel, cannot recommend living in Japan enough. Um, but yeah, but just, just be prepared. It's not the same as coming over for tourism. It'd be prepared for a bit of a different, for a few shocks along the way. Right. It's like, it's life. It's a diff- It's a different country, but it's life. So it's going to come with the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And I might personally, like I said, I've had weird experiences, but I'm also, I take things a bit differently, I think. Um, but I do like living in Japan quite a lot. There's things like, a le- there's a level of mobility here that I've never had in America. In America, if you don't have a car, you're, you're, you're kind of screwed. Yep. Um, here, you can go anywhere, like anywhere on a train. And there is this level of freedom that that brings. It's like, I don't think any other country can match it. Um, so there's, while, while you while there are negative aspects, there's a lot of positive aspects if you look for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I plan on staying here for the long term, so I like it enough. Oh, also, 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 <laughs> um, to like all those people who are like, yeah, I love anime. I'm going to come over here so I can like watch anime all the time and stuff. Um, chances are you're going to be working a normal day job. The anime that you like to watch is probably going to be on at like two or three in the morning. That's not going to happen. <laughs> oh yeah. Give up on that. <laughs> like, like we've mentioned, it's also rare enough that, um, we, well, at least for me, it's rare enough that I wake up early enough on a Saturday or Sunday to watch Tokusatsu live that each time it happens, it's still like a, oh, wow, this is really cool. I'm really watching it live moment because uh, you get tired. You don't want to wake up early on the weekend. Yeah. The best piece of advice I can give anyone is um, just don't buy any toys at full price just because they go on different <laughs> Just no, no. Here's the thing, it, because there's so many discounts that happen throughout the entire. Like, go to multiple stores, see what they offer. Also, secondhand is just as good as it is on a. Because most of the time, the reason why they're it's discounted as secondhand is because the box has been damaged. That's it. The toy is fine. So just like, don't buy anything at full. If you really want to go ahead, sure, buy it at full price. CSM maybe, but no, everything. Just so many toys always goes on discounts. So, yeah, don't buy anything at full price while you're here, visiting or living here. I like how Max and, and George are like, you know, living here is, you know, it's a different life, but you get used to it. And I love it. Is this and Tony? Tony's like, get get toys that have. I mean, get a discount. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's that's, it's, it's, that's, that's my priorities. Advice. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, like, about that, I will say, though, like, um, secondhand stuff here is in really good condition, and it's often just because living spaces can be kind of cramped, so yeah. people let go of things more freely right. just because they need the space, not necessarily because they want the money. So you can find really, really cheap uh, tokusatsu stuff at like crazy good prices. I was able to get a build belt for less than what would be $10 USD. Wow. And the only reason it was that cheap is because it was missing like one of the straps. I'm not going to put on the belt either way. I like, <laughs> like I bought the, the, the purple Ryuso caliber Geizog night sword, whatever for like probably eight USD. So that's, Man. yeah. And so actually yeah, discounts, especially when the show had kind just ended. So they're just, just trying to get rid of their, all their stock. And so they're like, okay, here's right. I had a Toys R Us next to me that was closing and their tokusatsu section was like a wall of um, the the Heisei caliber. Just like 30, 40 boxes of that that they could not get rid of down to like 200 yen. Jeez. Okay, except the only time, even if it's used, whenever... This is why I'm sort of been eh. <laughs> so pre- lately, unless it was exclusively on premium Bandai, even if it was, you know... Uh, Secondhand owning gets expensive. But yeah, that's my advice, you know, just, uh, yeah. Cool. All right, well, thank you guys for talking about uh, your experiences in Japan. I think a lot of people would love to hear about that. Yeah, we're always here to help. Always here to help foreigners. Cool. I mean, and you're, you're, I mean, would you be cool if people, you know, contacting you on, like, Twitter or something like that if they have any questions? Sure. I'm up for that. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at uh, SASPMax. Um, I'm on Instagram, and people can follow me on YouTube at Shield and Sword Productions, which is where I post all of my Japan-related content and my originally originally created tokusatsu shows. Um, yeah, Dope. feel free. Yeah, are we all giving our Twitter accounts now? Yeah, I mean you can. I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna. It's gonna be in the description, so. Okay, so you know I'm I'm on Twitter at uh, Keitai Okami. You can you know be, <laughs> feel free to just bug me whatever with whatever you want whenever you want. You know, like three a.m. Japan time is good. <laughs> if you contact me, I'll have no answer for you. <laughs> uh, no, really, I'm a, I'm I'm on Twitter at Rabbit Tank. Uh, People have misread my name because I thought it'd be cute to fuse it and like just give it one T. Um, now they read it as Rabbi Tank. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah. But now it's R A B B I T A N K. Rabbit Tank, not Rabbi Tank. I am not Jewish, nor am I a rabbit with a tank. Yes. So Anywho, Tony, how about you? Yeah. Okay. So you can find me at uh, Tony KC nineteen ninety two. Guess what year I was born. 93? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all. all right. Yeah. Well, th- thank you guys for joining me. And yeah. uh, we'll see everybody on the next episode of Tokenet Podcast. Bye, everybody. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. The Tokunet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official Tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes or Stitcher.
You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thetokunet, where if you're at the writer tier level or higher, you can get early access to episodes and more. Team Tokunet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course our website, tokusatsunetwork.com. 